AMC Theaters bringing the Avengers Affinity War Marathon before the Affinity War comes. Also, we mourn the loss of Craig Mack, New York rapper known for Flavor of the Year, and a big-time journalist with a very funny-spelled name, Richard Dutch, or however you say it, is leaving Sports Illustrated, heading on to something called the the Athletic. We'll explain what that is and why those are important, but they're not quite as important as the top 10 stories. Those stories not quite big enough to reach it into the heights of 1 through 10. So, what stories are in the top 10, and which one of those top 10 stories will I do commentary on today? We'll find out in a bit on This is the Conversation's weekly wrap-up show. This is for the week ending March the 17th, 2018. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. I'm the man who gets to host this show and the man behind most of the actions at thisisconversation.com, the website and the social media movement that asks you every single day what's the most important conversation you'd like to have of news stories. And we do it very simply. We are following you and you are following us and everyone's following everyone else on social media. We pop out the list and the articles and the links to things that might be interesting, things that may or may not be on the Chiron on the TV news at the moment, things that may get around the breaking news that doesn't seem to ever get fixed. Uh, we'll, we put out stories and links to stories all day long via Facebook and Twitter. Our Facebook page is found at This Is A Conversation and our Twitter feed, TH underscore conversation. Follow us on those. And the more interaction we get for each story that pops up in your feed, so make sure we're in your feed, the more it gets into the algorithm at the end of the week. We add up all the scores for interactions for likes, loves, hates, shares, responses, and everything. And the top 10 comes into the first segment of the show every single week. The second segment is followed by what we used to have a pretty heavy, pretty hefty, pretty awesome interview segment. That's on hiatus for a moment. We're trying to see about bringing it back. But in the meantime, I'm taking over the second segment by doing a bit of house cleaning and, of course, doing commentary on one of now the top eight stories of the week. We'll tell you about the process we're working on and figuring that out. And you'll hear the commentary on one of the top ten stories, actually one of the top eight stories because it's easier to work that way out. Then finally, we will give you the almost irrelevant story of the week. That is the number lowest ranked story for this week going from Friday to Friday. This one is story number 115, 115 specific, different and unique stories listed for this week. So we'll talk about that one and round out the top 15. That's 11 through 15 and finish up with as many stories between 15 and 115 as we can in time that allows so it's a pretty fun ride. And like we said, follow us on social media. TH underscore conversation is our Twitter handle. And of course, this is a conversation. Search for us there on Facebook and just follow our main website. This is a conversation dot com. If anything sounds confusing, because everything basically pops up there at some point in time. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the countdown for this week, going from 10 to 1. The stories that mattered the most to you over this past seven or eight days. And the number 10 story this week, Floyd Carter Sr., Tuskegee Airman and New York Police Department vet, dies at age 95. A man that was one of my personal inspirations in my very short military career. Uh, this was a person who was able to do a great many things in two big 
areas, both rising to ranks in the in the army in the military back in the day when it was hard for black people to do that, and rising to ranks of the NYPD. Floyd Carter Sr. was one of the last Tuskegee Airmen who were still alive in history. Of course, lost a big chunk of it yesterday or this weekend, should say, happening over the weekend. Decorated veteran of three wars and 27-year veteran of the New York Police Department died on Thursday at the age of 95, leaving a long legacy of groundbreaking hero pilot and a city police detective. Now, Carter simultaneously rose to the ranks of the U.S. Air Force Reserves and the police, which is how he happened to do both sort of at the same time. Honored in 2007 with the Congressional Gold Medal by President Bush for breaking the color barrier in Tuskegee. If you don't know the story of the Tuskegee Airmen, uh, then you need to go check it out. Being able to be stationed in Alabama near Tuskegee, I got a chance to see a lot of those guys you know, about 15, 20 years ago, and when there were a lot more of the Tuskegee Airmen who were still alive. Uh, so living history and seeing living history every day is a big deal. Uh, one of my personal heroes, Floyd Carter Sr., dying uh, last week, essentially. So this story we posted on a Sunday and, of course, he dying on the Thursday previous, coming in on the weekend for the countdown and coming in for this weekend at the 10 spot. Going to the 9 spot, a jump in response of 1.23% goes to the U.K. and their plan to expel 23 Russian diplomats over ex-spy poisoning. Now, this plan is in place and it's causing some backlash from the Russian side as well. As you remember, a ex-spy, ex-Russian spy and his daughter were found poisoned and they're pretty sure that the Russians did it. In fact, Theresa May said it's basically a 95% chance that the Russians did it. It's just a small chance that maybe Putin didn't know about it, but they're assuming that it was come from the top and not from a rogue operation. We do know that Russian people were in charge of it. So in retaliation, Theresa May is expelling 23 Russian diplomats, gave them basically 10 days to get out of the country. On turn of that, the Russians gave 23 diplomats from the UK 10 days to get out of the country. You've seen this happen before. This is a, a movie that has been played over and over again. When something happens and you do this simple negotiations to uh, make sure that you're not just going straight to war because poisoning a citizen of someone's nation is essentially an act of war, you do what you can to do it diplomatically, and then you lose diplomats and things that happen right there. So that's where it boiled down in that one. We'll see how that expels. The irony of this all was the fact that while we did say that being specifically Sarah Huckabee Sanders saying we support our allies in their battles as they go, they would not say they are touting anything against Russia for poisoning British citizens. So there you have that. Number eight story this week, which bumped is a response of 2.44%. This is Fox News being sued by Seth Rich's family for criminal and traitor portrayal. Now, apologies for my butchering that. We posted this on Wednesday, March 14th. Seth Rich was a man who worked for the Democratic uh, Election Committee, essentially working for the committee that was trying to elect Hillary Clinton or work for the Democrats and elect an, a candidate in, in specific or in particular. Uh, the particular candidate turned out to be Hillary Clinton. Now, there were some weird allegations put up by the Fox folks that Rich, who died in a very weird situation, was actually targeted because he was essentially one of the guys doing the leaking for the Democrats. They were one of the guys letting out the emails and all the weird information that was being sent out during the election cycle. Of course, this was not unlike any election cycle we've probably had ever. This one uh, was a really, really extremely weird on top of everything else that happened over the course of the election. So Seth Rich was uh, basically seen 
or portrayed at least as a traitor, as someone who was treasonous, someone who was essentially forcing his way or forcing thought into the process in what is probably just a really weird botched robbery that would actually kill them, turned it into a hit by mobsters of various whoever they came from, essentially saying he was knocked off because he was a source of a big bunch of leaks. Uh, Donna Brazil, who, of course, wrote her book outing all the craziness that happened on the Democratic side in the last election, dedicated her book to Seth Rich for being a essentially a patriot and doing the right things and being a hard worker and just getting caught into the mix of all this stuff. Because Fox News ran with the story with very little, even for Fox News standards, very little thing to go on. His family is suing for that portrayal, calling him a criminal and a traitor. And Fox News will probably pay a little something in the settlement because that's how these things work. Going to the number seven story this week, Trump's longtime personal assistant, John McIntyre, is fired for an unspecific security issue. This we posted on Tuesday. It is a 4.76 jump in response from the number eight story. And here's the basics of it. We're going to go into this very quickly. John McIntyre is a longtime Trump uh, worker. He's essentially quote-unquote, a body man. He's basically with Trump all the time. He's not so much his bodyguard, but he's the guy that's carrying his bags, is taking care of stuff, his personal business type stuff. And John McEntee actually had no problem clearing to get his uh, security clearance. Of all the people in the White House who can't get the right security clearance to get any work done, John McEntee didn't have that problem. Unfortunately, he was escorted, literally escorted off the grounds on Tuesday as he was fired. The belief was it was into some illicit gambling or some sort of habits in that way. And so of all the people that got dismissed in the last couple of weeks in the White House, this one essentially was actually up to the task of doing what he was doing, but got caught for something on the side. That's what we're looking at right now. We go now to number six story this week. That headline is Jesse Waters divorcing from his wife after cheating on her with fellow Fox employee. Very long title. Posted this on Sunday. 4.55% jump in response from the seven story this week. And here's the deal with Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters got his start being essentially one of the men behind the O'Reilly factor. One of the guys that did a lot of good stuff there. And as holes came to about to be, on Fox News, the producer became more of a face in a sense and now hosts a show and does some stuff on various shows, including spending a lot of time on Outnumbered and, of course, The Five. So Jesse Waters is getting divorced. His wife is divorcing him because he had an affair with a fellow Fox employee. That may sound like a similar vein to many other people who have issues at Fox News because sometimes while being touted as a house of conservatism, you may hear stories that make it sound more like an animal house in the way things act there. Jesse Waters is having a great career. Right now, his personal life, not so great. Moving on from that one. Now, moving on to the number five story this week. WWE is removing Fabulous Moolah's name from the Women's Battle Royal at WrestleMania. This one bump in response of 2.17%. And this is why we wait until... Friday mornings to actually chop it off and go straight from there. This is why we wait to see what happens, because we posted this last night, Friday, March 15th, or this morning, actually, uh, based on how we did it. Somewhere around 2 in the morning, I was posting things in from yesterday, and it got posted into the auto post at around 2 in the morning, so like that, and was able to jump into the top five spot for this week. We have to make sure we keep it tagged so we don't drop it in next week unless... It grows that much more. And why are we talking about the Fabulous Mula? Why are we talking about this wrestling woman who has long passed, or not so long passed, but has passed? 
because this is an issue that actually ties in very good with the Me Too movement that's going on right now. Fabulous Moolah was a wrestler and a wrestling trainer, wrestling coach. She was a legendary wrestler, all known for holding WWE and whatever name it was, titles for a long time, because we know it's predetermined and it wasn't necessarily pure acts of strength and actual stamina of athletics. However, what she's sort of known for at the back end of her career was training more wrestlers or female wrestlers to go into the business. She ran a wrestling school like many other people, but her wrestling school was more like a bordello, more like she was pimping out women to literally pimp out women and to essentially be valets to other wrestlers, not so much um, being actual wrestlers, being ones that could perform and do anything, but uh, do other deeds and do them for real in the background. It's weird like that. Now, WWE, which, of course, is really jumping big on nostalgia and jumped on nostalgia a few years ago with Mae Young, a, one, a very, very, very um, famous very old wrestler and Fabulous Moolah as well, uh, running them around and doing appearances and being a parts of shows. The WWE just had something called the May Young Tournament where they had a big tournament between female wrestlers to determine a number one wrestler and, and basically scout out talent for their NXT brand. Moolah's name was put onto this WrestleMania tournament to go along with the Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal, which is essentially a whole bunch of women in this case, well, men for the men, a whole bunch of people going through it and threw her name out there in the sense of nostalgia. But, of course, some people didn't like the fact that they threw Moolah's name on it because she's in the background not seen as such a grand person, even though she is legendary and Hall of Famous. You can determine how you want to determine your wrestling there, but it does have a big uh, sort of smattering into our current Me Too issues that we're going through right now. So that's why we popped it in there. It came up late and it came up pretty big for this week, pumping into the five spot with only hours to get into the countdown. Move to the number four spot for this week. Farmer bro Martin Shrecky cries in court. It's sentenced to seven years for securities fraud. We posted it on Friday at pretty much after it happened. 8.51% jump in response from the five-story. Martin Shrecky, who we all know, the man who upped the price on the EpiPen to 5,000%, uh, had an evil grin whenever he could, and of course bought the Wu-Tang Clan's uh, very secretive album for a whole bunch of money and is the only person, as far as I know, who's heard it, although he had to seize it over to the FBI, so maybe they've listened to it at this point. He was finally sentenced to court. What really happened with Mr. Shrecky is what happens with a lot of these guys when they get careless in their careless actions. Shrecky was the CEO of some healthcare company, some pharmaceutical company, and his main, his main MO is coming in, raising the prices on drugs, making people pay those high prices, taking a bunch of money, and then getting kicked out of the company for doing something really shady, which is what he did at a company before to the company before. Somewhere along the line, he used some of the got gains, ill-gotten because they were ill-gotten, to fund some other company that was ill-gotten, and that's where securities fraud was was found. He basically found used the money he made for a company by doing the things he does to fund some other side company and not his own cash money. So Shrecky's getting seven years in real prison. The biggest story that have been kind of spawned from this are asking people who've been to prisons for security fraud what kind of treatment he will see in prison. And interesting stories on that one. But this story, we're cutting off at the fact that he got sentenced this week. The number three story this week and the story with the most response on Twitter this week is this headline here. 
plane crashes at Nepal's Kathmandu Airport. It was posted on Monday, March the 12th. It is uh, 28.43% more responsive than the number four story in the Farmer Bro. And as I said, the biggest story we had on Twitter this week. And here's how it go, went plain and simple. Plane carrying 71 passengers and crew crash-landed at Nepal's Kathmandu Airport, killing 49 people. Rescuers pulled body from the charred wreckage of the plane and, and uh, operated by Bangladesh Airlines' U.S. Bangla. Uh, after a raging fire was put out, it just essentially just careened out of control. The airline has blamed traffic control, air traffic control, but the airport said the plane approached from the wrong direction, and this is something that people are trying to deal with on that end for that very sad tragedy. Going on to the number two story this week, this story is a bumper response of 86.26 from the three story, which tells you how high we're going for the number one, and number one is a pretty big jump from there. This one, here's the uh, headline. We'll go deeper into the story. Arizona teacher posts salary on Facebook fueling teacher pay discussion. Now, that's a pretty simple headline. It's pretty simple what happened. An Arizona teacher posts her salary on social media asking the question, I need a college degree to make this amount of money. And so what's her salary? 35490 a year, according to the documents, according to what she posted on social media, posting her frustration, the fact that she's had to go through college and is paying all this stuff. And this is her pay. This is basically her pay stub uh, showing how much she's making. The debate going on to how much teachers get paid, how much everyone gets paid, and a really, really big, long discussion on that, which takes way too much time to get into. A quote from her is, I just posted it to bring awareness. When you see it in black and white and you see what your raise is, it's just laughable. She showed her raise for one year to next is $131 for the entire school year. That's her raise moving up into uh, the much higher tax bracket of not moving up at all. So the debate on pay continues. The debate on teacher pay is a big one, and it's going to continue for ad nauseum forever, probably. Now let's move on to the number one story. This actual one is a tearjerker. It's a heartbreaker. It's a sad story that has a happy ending that will may, bring us all into puddles of mushes. This is the top Facebook story of the week, also high Twitter story as well. Uh, the headline Galveston teen receives sweet surprise after helping elderly customer at Waffle House. This one, believe it or not, jump response from the number two story to the one story, 352%. From the number 10 story, 1,200%. And from the number 115, the almost relevant story, 10,940% more response. It was that massive. This is one that caught everyone's attention. If you have not seen the pictures on social media, go look it up right now. Stop. Go do it and come back. Trust me, you'll you'll want to you'll want to see this. This was amazing. Okay, you you back? You you seen it? You got it? You got the picture? Good. Now let's get into the story. This one is a great one, not a good one, a great one. We posted it fairly early on Friday and got into it didn't quite get into much traction then, but it turned into something massive over the weekend into the early part of that last week, Friday to March 9th, I should say last Friday as we record this. Now, we go to Galveston, Texas, and a Waffle House where teenager Ebony Williams, 18-year-old Ebony Williams, is saving money for college. So she's working at Waffle House and, of course, saving up her tips, keeping things going on. And it was just a simple gesture that caught on. It turned into something amazing for the world and her. So she's working towards her education. She's working to save her money. And there was an old person who was there at the Waffle House just dining. And the quote from her is, he was like, 
My hands are not functioning too well. He needed me to cut his food, and I did. Pretty simple. So the 78-year-old man who was there at the Waffle House uh, was having issues cutting up his food, so Ebony just cut his food up. And just from doing that, a bystander, someone just at the Waffle House, snapped a picture, put it on social media, and thought it was just something cute that they saw. And apparently it was cute enough and large enough and grand enough that the world essentially saw the picture. That person who took a picture, a woman named Laura Wolf, who just took it in a moment and just went with it and moved on. And then it got shared and got shared and got shared. And people were asking questions about this person, what was going on and what happened. She, being Ebony Williams, received $16,000 in scholarships donated by Texas Southern University, uh, which essentially is going to give her a chance to hit their school, hit the ground running without any real serious issues. So congratulations for one act of kindness doing just an, a seemingly small act of kindness, becoming such a big, grand, awesome thing. Congratulations to Ebony for just being a great human. Uh, congratulations for a person taking a random picture and, and, you know, something coming good of it, that being Laura Wolf. Congratulations to you people for not clowning on the picture, for just falling in love with what it was, just a sweet moment uh, captured in time. We need more people cutting up people's food, if you will, to give them some issues. And that is the top 10 stories for this week from 10 to 1. And we appreciate you being a part of the action to cause this commotion and picking a very good story for this week. And how did that happen? A lot of people on Facebook responded. A lot of people on Twitter responded. A lot of people everywhere responded to the story. And it's you follow us on social media. Facebook gets this as a conversation on Twitter. It is TH underscore conversation. And you like, love, share, react to the stories as they come down. And bam, we get a list of stories this week all the way to 115. We'll talk about that one and the rest of the top 15 in a bit. And we rank them and we let you know which ones you like the best. And you just keep on coming. Follow us online at thisistheconversation.com for all things about this conversation. And, of course, just stick around for more great stuff. We have things going on. Coming up in a bit, to be exact, we're going to go into a bit of house cleaning, how this podcast thing is working right now. And I'll give a bit of commentary, five minutes or so, on one of the top eight stories for the day. One story that I think needs a little extra discussion from me. So we'll have that in just a bit here from This is the Conversation's weekly wrap-up show for the week ending March the 17th, 2018. What is the Potter family? This is Matthew McDonough from the Passersby Podcast. This is Matt Pierce from the Crossover Podcast. This is Knock from the Geek Over Podcast. This is Jason from the Three Is Comedy Podcast. This is Adam from Everyone Has a Podcast. We're Josh and David from the Scotch and Flicks Podcast. This is Michael Vasquez of the No Sound Bites Allowed Podcast. We are you. Podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow. So follow us on Twitter at Potter Family and use the hashtag Potter Family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same. Potter Family, where great podcasts come home. Let's start with some housekeeping for This is the Conversation, and specifically how we have sounded in the last couple of weeks. I believe it's been two weeks officially uh, since we have essentially scrapped the 
interview format in segment two, and we're taking it on hiatus. At least we're that's what we're calling it. We may see if we can bring it back again. But right now, uh, the scheduling and just life things are getting in the way. So, in fact, getting the, the podcast done, getting the whole show done is a bit of a strain at the moment. We'll get into that later on down the line. But right now, we're doing our best to keep it in format. In fact, it was last minute thought to change to keep it in the same format. Looking forward a lot wider distribution to put the show on more stations that are more terrestrial radio, if you will, so they have to have spots for commercials. That's how things work out in real radio world. However, I've gotten mixed reviews on what I'm doing and what I'm about to do now. And the the answer to the main question is I'm going to do it until I figure something else out. But I've gotten mixed reviews about what we're doing. A lot of it has been the fact that people really like the interviews. People enjoyed the people on here, and except for the fact that maybe the subjects might have been scattered. There may not have been a real uh, a real theme to who I was interviewing, which was kind of the point, to interview interesting people who do interesting things and just make sure they have some sort of sense of what's going on in the world and in the news and we're just trying to sell something we're focused on something being sold that's sort of the whole point of the interviews as they were the second part is the commentary and i can say i can attest that my commentary chops have not been as strong uh lately as they've been in the past when i worked more in a combative type talk radio setting on the radio uh, focusing on hot topic type stuff and that's part of the problem with commentaries when they're not hot topic commentaries or not the types that you're sitting there going back and forth, point A, point B, point counterpoint. So bear with me as I get back into my whole commentary thing. I've been focusing a lot more on being genteel, being more relaxed, being more chill as I'm focusing on my my personal development, life coaching stuff and talking in that way and not so much in the realm of being combative. And that's a function of not doing as many shows like this one, which are current events and pop culture-ish and doing more things that are evergreen and working towards the improvement of a person. That being said, I still get a few minutes to do commentary because it's my podcast. I'm doing it today. So we uh, used to do, as of three weeks ago, we used to do the brackets game where we had the interviewer go through the stories, the top 10 stories, and they could choose to move them on the bracket style. And in fact, what made it really interesting was there's a, a hint of surprise because Eight makes an even bracket, so there are 10 stories. So somewhere down the line, they had to eliminate a batch of stories without knowing what the last two were. And sometimes they went for the last two, and sometimes they didn't and found out they were stories they'd rather have. So because I can't play that on myself, it makes no sense, I've moved it to eight stories, and I batch it down more or less the same way and just maneuvered them so that I can work out the best story of the batch. This week, and I worked on playing it sort of real time last week, and that sounded really weird. So we worked it down to two stories. The stories were battled between the fifth story this week, which was Fabulous, Fabulous Moolah's name being removed from the WWE's Battle Royal, Women's Battle Royal at WrestleMania, and the number one story, the big story that we had, the Galveston teen receiving sweet surprise after helping elderly customer at Waffle House. And I chose... The five story. I chose Fabulous Mula and the Women's Battle Royale at WrestleMania. And I'll explain that in the commentary as it goes. And for the time being, this is how we're going to do the commentary. I will tell you that we'll say the top eight stories and we battle it down to these two. I chose this one. And here's my commentary with the reasoning. So without further ado, I'm saying that a lot, here's my commentary uh, and further reasoning. 
We talked in the top 10 stories. I gave a bit of commentary there when we went the story about Fabulous Moolah and her wrestling school. Wrestling schools are a big thing for people, and it seems like a big chunk of money for people who are has-been or wannabes to show people the basics of the business and give them some ins in some of the indie competitions. Since there's basically one major network competition, that's WWE, and a couple smaller uh, branches that do have big names and big territories, but don't have the real reach unless you're a wrestling fan where we're willing to work, do a little work into it. Uh, WWE is the way to go. So WWE and their legacy, all their legacy, in fact, the legacy they've bought into, literally, as they've purchased other large companies into their categories, into the fold from the way, way back old days. Uh, all the pomp and circumstance you get from all the legacy of WWE, WWF, WWWF, uh, so far for WCW, NWA, all those things uh, get wrapped into a great package for people who are still hanging on to the days when we thought wrestling was brand new and real. And, you know, it's what we watched on Saturday mornings after cartoons were done. We didn't have the big five days a week thing, didn't have the large pay-per-views. They definitely didn't have any sort of streaming channel on a magic box and they hold in your phone. But you had the wrestlers and their larger-than-life personalities as they came into town to get a chance to see them live and then, of course, see them on some sort of tapish delay uh, on television. Fabulous Mula is a pioneer in wrestling. She is, in by all accounts, uh, earned what she earned by fighting in a world where the men were in charge and taking her chunk and refusing to let go of it. So you got to give her props on that. But in this case, case in this day and age in a time where people are now woke even though being woke sometimes means losing some money you can't just gloss over history because of nostalgia we'll be talking about that coming up in a few weeks or so as we start talking about ready player one because the movie coming out is based on a book that is basically a shock slock full of just weird nostalgic things thrown together with a more or less basic story, a basic hero's journey story inside of it. This is a story about a woman who took advantage and took advantage and would not let it go. The fact that she had some pull was great. The fact that she had an in was great. The fact that the men would let her play on a more or less even playing field was great. But the fact that she used that influence to literally pimp out women into the business is sad. It was a sign of the times. I cannot judge for what time it was, but at this day and age where it's easy to slap a, a logo on something or re-remember, unremember history uh, like it wasn't quite the way it was, get so stuck in the nostalgia that we really get lost in the fact that what it came about, it's, it's, it's chilling. This is a lot like discussions I have in real time with people about the old Annie Benham South, the people that are trying to uh, use the Confederate flag as a symbol of remembering the South and Southern heritage, when in fact it's remembering a romanticized version of the South and Southern heritage and forgets the whole thing about the Civil War and the slaves and the reason why we have a Confederate flag in the first place. So forgetting the fact that Fabulous Mula was a, uh, she, was a she, she, she ran a cat house for wrestlers uh, is, is a problem. Now, what makes it really weird is the whole May Young tournament they had for NXT. The May Young tournament were, had for women who were doing this big grand tournament, which was amazing, and throwing her name on as a pioneer because she was as well. So why not throw some love Moolah's way? 
when back in the 80s, it was her and Wendy Richter that were the only names anyone actually knew in wrestling. And as short-lived as that was, unless you got deeper down into the actual business, there really wasn't much to go with it. So why not throw a name that was really synonymous with women's wrestling for a long time? And the reason why you can is because that name is also really synonymous with the bad parts of how the business was back then and how much farther, how far they've gone, how much further that they may have to go to stay on edge. There's a lot of play for this women's revolution and all the things about women in wrestling and the things they're doing that are amazing. And a lot of it is, of course, fodder for for hype, for publicity, for getting more ratings. But at the same time, there is a real revolution going on in women's wrestling, professional wrestling, wrestling, sports entertainment, and in a world where people are realizing that you can't play unfair and get away with it, at least not forever or as long as people have. So congratulations for the WWE for listening to the people and listening to the fans and listening to people who do know better and fixing this one before it got too far out of hand. Congratulations for listening through my commentary and sticking around this long. We'll come back, go through with the almost irrelevant story of the week and round out the top 15 plus getting many in as we can while time allots for this is the conversations weekly wrap up show for the week ending March the 17th, 2018. The more I talk about Bear Mattress, the more I fall in love with the mattresses that they produce. And you can get a mattress from any store. In fact, you probably have four or five stores probably within walking distance of you right now that sell mattresses that have been open for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. You can get a mattress from the mail. They can mail you a mattress from many different places. But I can tell you Bear Mattress has a distinct and special technology that will help you sleep better and they will guarantee it with 100 nights to sleep on the bed. And if you don't like it, you send it back just like that. Plus, they have a great sale going on for St. Patrick's Day. You can save up to $125 on your purchase. And it's not just one box mattress because one mattress doesn't really fit all. That, that analogy gets lost in the wash. But they have a mattress for any size you need to fit. But they also have two mattresses, two different styles, two different builds, two different constructions. One is their bare mattress. It's a premium gel graphite memory foam mattress. It's four layers of mattress and has a salient cover and cool graphite gel memory foam to help keep you cool, help make you feel great and responsive and transitions layers that will help you fit into your mattress. The other version is called the Bear Hybrid. It's hybrid because it also has springs, just like a regular big old mattress in the mattress store. It has springs and all the foam layers of the regular Bear mattress. It is breathable and adaptive performance foam, and it has individually encased coil system that makes it easy to move around and easy to get comfortable in your bed. Durable, high-density support foam to make the whole thing come together. Actually, they both have that, so they're awesome for that. And it's breathable and adaptable to perform to your standards whatever they are in your sleep, which we hope is deep, deep sleep. And you can get deep, deep sleep. As we said, 100 days to sleep on it without any problems. If you have any problems, send it back to them. And, of course, you can save up to $125 on your mattress set if you get in on the St. Patrick's Day sale. Plus, they have pillows, they have comforters, they have support things, they have all sorts of things to help you promote your sleep. Check them out by going to our website, thisisaconversation.com slash bare mattress. 
This is a conversation.com bear mattress for this great deal from them and help a brother out, help us out in the process. It's great. It's awesome. It's sleep. We all love great sleep and bear mattress wants to make sure you have the best sleep ever. Time slowly, or actually quickly running down on us, so we're going to quickly get out of this so we're not caught going too slowly rolling out. We're going to wrap things up by letting you know how to be a part of all what's going on. Check out our website, thisisaconversation.com. Stop by there for plenty of great features, including links to all our big sponsors and supporters. By helping out our sponsors, you help us out here for the podcast and for everything we do for the whole project. And to be a part of the project, to be a part of the top 10 or the uh, almost irrelevant or whatsoever in between, you just simply follow us on social media and respond to the links as they come through. You see a link like we're a regular news site because we technically kind of are a news site. Just react to it. Love it. Like it. Hate it. Share it. Make the little funny face you want to. Reply to it. Reply to me. All the interactions on each specific link gets added up on the end of the week and it turns into the top 10 list for right here in this show. So we thank you so much for being a part of everything we have going on and hope that you will continue to do what you can with us. In fact, we ask that you share this podcast with a friend, a few enemies, and maybe random strangers just that you happen to want to cross on the day. That's just what we asked if you have a little bit of time. So let's wrap things up or round things up for the end of the day with some quick knockouts of the final one's final tally. The almost irrelevant story this week uh, comes to us from Mississippi, where Mississippi has just enacted uh, the nation's most restrictive ban on abortions. That should be a bit more relevant, but it's another one of those stories that popped up late on Friday that didn't get a lot of love because essentially didn't get seen by as many people as it could have. Quickly, what happened in Mississippi is this. The Mississippi House officially put in this vote, and it was not a, it was a wide margin. It was not close. 75 to 34 from the House a few days ago. It was 35 to 14 for the Senate. Governors already signed the bill, as we posted this on Friday. The bill now says they ban abortions at 15 weeks as opposed to 20 weeks of pregnancy, which is more or less the basics. Now, this we actually snuck in last week in the in-betweens, uh, so this one was slightly higher than something out there then. But this week, it's at the very low spot here, and we're not sure exactly why. Sometimes the tallies just work out that way, and we just have to work by the tallies. This is based on what you people say, not what I say, so I can't make it up. As it goes along. Now, rounding out the top 15, number 11, AMC Theaters unveil Avengers Affinity War Marathon. Uh, it's going to be an awesome weekend when the Avengers Affinity War do come out because you get the chance to see all the Avengers movies back to back to back to back for seemingly days at a time. But it's going to be just actually hours, hours at a time. AMC movie theaters are coming up with this idea to get you to watch some more movies, make some extra money. It's 31 hours worth of movies before Infinity War actually opens. So if you have the time, I'm not sure who has that much time, you can check out all those movies. And it won't be free, but you'll get a chance to hang out with all the other nerds who are watching 31 hours of movies back to back to back to back. The number 12 story, Craig Mack, the rapper, uh, part of Diddy's Bad Boy label back in the day, of course known for Flavor in the Year, died at the age of 46 this week. Also dying this week, comedian, le- comedian legend, comedy legend Sir Ken Dodd over across the pond died at age 90, two days after he married his partner of 40 years at his home. This is something that's one of those sad, tragic things, but 
We know in these cases where you know the end is near, a lot of people do what they can to wrap up affairs, and that's literally what happened. Ken Dodd dying at the age of 90 this week as well. On to the 14th story, Richard Dyche, the guy that writes for Sports Illustrated, is leaving for something called The Atlantic, and details on that. He's also, he joined Sports Illustrated back in 1997 and has been a big-time reporter doing media reports and columnists and podcasting. He's moving on to radio in Toronto, Sportsnet 590, to do radio sports talk show there and moving away from Sports Illustrated itself into the athletic which is picking up lots of money and expanding with 20 million dollars new funding and has a pretty strong stronghold in toronto and canada already uh the biggest thing about this is a lot of expats from sports illustrator are are there as well showing that the old media is dying maybe faster than you want it to and the newer media pieces are just taking things up in its wake pretty quickly so the things you knew and loved back in media are not as they seemed or as they were because new things are taking them over. And the 15th story this week, Joseph Percoco, ex-Cuomo aide, found a guilty in corruption trial. This is the aide to Governor Cuomo of New York. Um, these things happened, and I don't have a lot in front of me right now. We're running out of time, as you said. So this is a case where somebody close to the governor is picked up on something a little too trotty, and we'll see how that goes. So we're going to wrap things up with the stories as many of them in between the 115 and the one as possible by the way that 115 story i believe we read it in the mixture i think i already said that too so already crazy what what's going on down of course this week we also lost stephen hawking the renowned scientist he died at the age of 76 oddly enough on pi day 314 Snuggie owners, rejoice. You've got cash coming back your way. Remember when they promised a lot of things on TV? Well, apparently some of those promises did not come to fruition. So Snuggie people, these Snuggie people, had to settle and give a refund to people and a settlement on misleading TV ads. It's a blanket which leaves. What's misleading about that? Tiger Woods had a whopping game showing this week, opening up at the Arnold Palmer at four under uh, 64. The ad happened on Thursday, two days from when we've taped this. And so we'll see how he does the weekend. If he get the, he was made it into made it to headlines last weekend as well for showing had a good showing last weekend. We'll see how he's going right now. He's actually a pretty big favorite to win the Masters, even though he hadn't won anything in years. But we'll see how Tiger goes as the Tiger pushes along. A 68-year-old woman catches a 130-pound monster fish. We posted this on Tuesday of last week on a casual trip. Just out on a regular fishing trip, some old lady picks up the fish that you would say had gotten away. Think about that next time you um, are out there on the pond. A nightclub was shut down after a woman did her Lady Godiva era thing. She literally rode into the nightclub naked on a horse. So they shut it down. Not, well... You would think you would do that on things like that. Toys R Us is going to close or sell all of its U.S. stores. This is something that probably should have made it into the top ten. It was pretty big. We had a couple different headlines back and forth. But there were rumors on it. First, they announced that they were going to do something. Then they announced that they, they informed the employees that the stores are probably closed. And then they officially set it out there. Now, these are for the U.S. stores. The Canadian stores apparently are still going to be up for a while. How long the while goes who knows? We will see how that works out. ESPN's John Skipper has talked about his resignation, his very quick and, and kind of abrupt resignation months ago. 
he was being extorted by someone who knew about his cocaine addiction, and he just basically got out of the way before anything could happen. What he's doing now is still kind of up in the air, but we now have an explanation of what happened with his leaving. And, of course, the biggest story, as I think it should be, the man dressed as Elsa from Frozen helped push a police wagon out of snow during the Snowmageddon 3 this week. It's all over social media where someone looked out the window and saw the guy dressed as Elsa pushing a big police wagon out of the snow. It was amazing. It was awesome. It was just as crazy as you would think would be. We're out of time for this week. Thank you so much for joining us for This Is Conversations weekly wrap-up show. And it's all about you. You help us make this. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook at This Is A Conversation. And make sure you, you put us in so we can be seen in your feed. We are up there at the top. As our stories come through, just mark them, love them, hate them, share them, reply to them. Do all the response you can. And it comes up with the top stories we have for the week. In the meantime, we'll see you next week or you hear us next week in the podcast. Share it with some friends, share it with some enemies, and subscribe so you don't miss out on next week's episode from This is the Conversation. <laughs>